0: A registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer,
1: Financial Advisor Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, May 24th, 2022 edition, and I'm Justin Klein and I'm excited for this hour with you to hear your finance and investment questions and to give you my unbiased, straightforward answers based on 20 plus years of investment experience, as well as tons of data, the same data that we use to build portfolios. So my goal is to help you understand the current market environment that we are in, how to avoid the pitfalls that so many people make, especially newer investors and So many newer investors have been operating in uh, a market environment that is no longer here, especially since the Fed pivoted to a more hawkish stance, uh, increasing their path towards uh, tighter monetary policy and forward guidance. And that brings a different type of market. And this is something you have to get used to as an investor is that not every strategy is going to work in every market. There is no, there's no strategy that will work in every single market. So you have to adjust. Doesn't mean you change your strategy completely, but you adjust. Most people have played sports. You have an offensive defense usually. If the defense is doing one thing, the offense has to adjust and vice versa. So there's not, you know, I play a lot of basketball. There's not one defense that will stop a, a certain type of offense. If the defense has one thing, you have to adjust to make sure you succeed based on the the strengths, the weaknesses. And right now, the market has different strengths and weaknesses than a lot of people are used to. And so the the goal is to put the odds in your favor, to help you make sound decisions based on reality on the ground, not the way you hope the market will be, not the way that you hope the world will be, but how it is something you have to learn. Took me a little while early on in my career. Hey, the market should see this company this way. It should have a higher value. Why is it trending down? They're missing something. And you know what? Might be right. But you might be right three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. And so. You have to accept that, at times, the pen swings farther than reality. And it can continue to go that way. Well below its true intrinsic value of what you believe. Now, you could be wrong. Or you could be right, but you could be right way too early. And that's what most people are. You know, they have conviction in something and they're right way too early. Okay. So, you know, in this changing environment of higher inflation, deglobalization, ESG, all of these things are driving different cro- cross currents in the market. And you need to be prepared. So, on this podcast, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is always independent thinking and shared success. So I can talk about the market as a whole, a particular strategy, a process explanation, whatever it is. I'm just here to give you the facts as I see them and perspective and unbiased guidance using 20 plus years of investment experience. So I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions at 888-99-CHART right now during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific Time. Or if you're listening after hours, that works too. You can leave your message on our InvestTalk Voice Bank Either way, the number never changes. 99 charts. Let's get first good Let's get right to our first listener question now. Ernesto in Houston, looks at Crocs.
2: Hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. I was wondering if you could give me your thoughts on Crocs. It's fall, fallen quite a bit recently, and I'm
3: looking to buy.
1: Okay. Well, here's the problem with Crocs is that they're they're having the same issue as target walmart um their earnings expectations are still going up but the market is telling you otherwise. and what i've learned is when the trend is this powerful you just wait for the trend to complete and while it does look cheap if you're going to earn anywhere near what it earned last year of eight dollars and 32 cents now trading at 48 dollars per share. You're looking at a 6 PE. That's that's pretty cheap. The problem is is that it is kind of a small cap growth stock and everything within that space, everything within the retail space is getting crushed. So what you have here is the economic backdrop is not favorable in the near term. Now long term, if Crocs are going to stay in style, which You know, they, they were in style a decade plus ago, and then they went out of style and now they're back in style. And and guess what? They'll probably be out of style at some point. So this is probably not a company that's ever going to trade at a high multiple. Why? Because there's always that fear, that realistic fear that they're going to go out of style again. Okay. And that's, I think that's the issue is is you're not going to get this huge multiple expansion. And they do have a lot of debt, although they are paying that down and they're buying back shares, which I like. Um, so what I'd be looking for more is major support and capitulation volume. And we're not quite there yet. Now, the next major support is right on $45. So it's not far from there, but it's 49 now. So only about 10% lower from here. And then if it breaks that, then the next level would be around in the high 20s. So... Those are kind of the support levels, but I'd be looking for some sort of reversal on high volume before I'd get in. So I like what you're looking at. I like the the asset allocation that that, that they're making. I like the cash flow. I like the relative value here, uh, based on free cash flow of about 400 million. It's about a 2.8 billion dollar market cap. Pretty good. Problem is a little bit too high debt for my liking and the trend is horrible. So be patient on it. Watch for a high volume reversal before you get in. Thanks for the call. Now, Steve and I are thankful for your podcast support and our free downloads will continue but I'll make you aware of two other ways to find our material and unbiased guidance. One is our invest talk YouTube channel as well as our Instagram following as well. So be sure to head over there and search Invest Talk with two T's. Now the Invest Talk phone lines are open for you. So give us a call now at 888 99Chart.
3: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts, and every answer I provide will be unbiased. So as long as your questions involve the stock market or general investment topics and definitions, we set no limits. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Justin and I are ready. Are you... Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART.
1: Now, my focus point today is based on this story, the $5 trillion wealth shock that is cracking American nest eggs. Now, since the start of the year, the SP is down about 18%, NASDAQ 27%, and the cryptocurrency market on average down 48%. Are you feeling the pain? So we're going to look at what that means for billionaires as well as regular everyday people as well. Also, I want to touch on the wide gap in performance between the dividend payers, the highest dividend payers in the market, and those companies that don't pay dividends at all. It's been pretty stark this year, and it just hits at the whole notion that higher interest rates, higher inflation means market prices, market rewards now versus the future. And then I want to touch on a some statements from Federal Reserve presidents, a couple of them, in regards to the path of rate policy. And it kind of echoes what I've been saying about a pivot by the Fed to not necessarily QE again, but the fact that they put bullets in the holster in order to... Quell markets, market sell-offs, uh, credit market uh, freezing up, etc. So we're going to look at that story, and then lastly, J.P. Morgan is touching on the consumer, and in their conference call, they had some interesting things to say about the consumer and its strength. So we're going to look at that as well. Let's take a look at the market today. The S and P closed down 32 points but it was a very, very stark day in growth versus value. I always love looking at this, going over to Morningstar.com, just the front page. It's so easy to see what parts of the market were strong, what parts of the market were weak. Large cap growth, large cap growth. Now, Snap had terrible earnings, uh, but in general, large cap growth had a terrible day. Look at this, down 4.18%. I mean, I talk about this all the time, right? Value over growth. This is not the market. This, the market trends are here to stay. This is not something that is a flash in the pan. And today is the epitome. We had a, we had a solid day. We were, for most of our you know client accounts, we were probably slightly up. Large cap growth down 4.18%. Large cap value up, up positive 0.77% on the day. Nearly a 5% difference in one single day between large cap growth and large cap value. Pretty incredible. And we're seeing these days pretty often. I've seen multiple of these days, not quite this big. Uh, nearly 5% gap in performance in one single day is quite dramatic. Um, but, you know, three, four, 5% kind of divergence days. And this was a very interesting one because the SP was down about 32 points, so less than 1%. But the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ, that was on 270 points, nearly 3%. And if you look at the NYSE, much broader index, that's only down 52 points, about a third of 1%. Small caps. They're down a little over 1%. But a very interesting day. Uh, you had gold up. You had the dollar down. And what was most interesting to me about today was, beyond just the, that 5% gap, was that interest rates were down. You would think interest rate, 10 year down nearly 10 basis points today. You would think, hey, this is indication that the Fed is going to pivot. You had the housing numbers, the new home sales, disappointing. Down, was it, mid to high teens month over month. Highest drop percentage-wise, I think, since 2013. So you would think that that would drive more money into these names, saying, hey, the Fed's going to pivot sooner rather than later. That wasn't the case. Yeah, new, new single-family home sales down 16.6% month over month. So, is higher mortgage rates really hitting the, the housing market right now. Quicker, I think, than most had expected. But still, 5% difference, pretty wild. Now, we're moving into a break. I'm here and ready to take your finance and investment questions. This is Invest Talk. Give me a call at 888 99Chart.
3: The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions, Steve and Justin have answers. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 888
1: 99 Chart. Let's go talk to Edgar in San Diego looking at Vanguard Utility ETF, VPU. The owner are looking to buy.
3: Uh, no, uh, hi Justin. Uh, thanks for taking my call first and appreciate all the help you do. Of course. Uh, no, I don't have it, but my question is because I have some energy, some uh, uh, ETF energy, and I was
2: wondering if I add this VPU into my portfolio, am I
3: duplicating or not really?
1: No, no, I definitely don't think you're duplicating. uh, Because utilities, you want to think utilities kind of like a bond, in a way. Remember utility companies for the most part now there are independent utilities, uh, but the vast majority, especially if you're buying like a VPU, which is owning a, a litany of different utilities, they're going to be government regulated. What that means is their profits are regulated. And so they're kind of entitled to earnings and that's why they typically are kind of boring. They're very consistent when it comes to their dividends. It's rare that there's a lot of dividend cuts and that's why they, they tend to be the lowest correlated to the broad economy and the broad market. Whereas energy companies, those are very cyclical. Their profits are not guaranteed at all, right? Uh, you know, it depends on where oil prices are, where natural gas prices are, et cetera. So yes, there are elect, you know, util- electric utilities that are utilizing natural gas, for example, but their profits are, are typically legislated in by their local municipalities. So definitely wouldn't think of these as overlapping. I think actually this, these both are sectors that you should be overweight in the environment and they're kind of good yin and yang. So um, now in general, utilities are kind of overvalued longer term, so I wouldn't be excited to say hold them forever, but in this environment as a buffer against the downside of the market. This is not a bad place to be. Look at, Look at today, VPU was up, let's see, Nicely today, it's a two point eight percent, or no, two dollars and eighty six cents, a dollar, one point eight percent in a market that was down, where the Nasdaq was down to almost three percent. So, yeah, I think this is a good place to be and hide out in, collect nice dividend, uh, but I wouldn't be owning this and holding it for forever. So say that. Now, my focus point today is based on this story: the five trillion dollar wealth shock that is cracking American nest eggs. Now, since the beginning of the year. U.S. households, household wealth has fallen by about five trillion dollars, and J.P. Morgan estimates that this could go to nine trillion by the end of the year. Now, who are the biggest losers? Well, U.S. billionaires—they've lost eight hundred billion dollars since the peak, and nobody has lost more than Elon with Tesla down now over fifty percent so far this year. Uh, his Overall wealth has declined about 41% since November. And that's when his net worth was $340 billion. Jeff Bezos, the second richest man, lost 82%. Sorry, not 82%, 39%, $82 billion over that time. Now, this is kind of by design. The Fed is trying to bring down inflation, and they need Americans to curb their spending. And when NFT values are going crazy, cryptocurrency values are going crazy, all the meme stocks are going crazy, people feel good about themselves, especially lower-income people who might be participating in these areas of the market. And those are the people that tend to spend the most. You think Jeff Bezos or Elon are changing their spending habits because of the decline in their stock prices? Probably not. But overall, this is a wealth shock that's going to drag on growth. Now, I'll talk a little bit later about how, so far, this hasn't led to recessionary type of economic numbers. Weakening, like I said yesterday, kind of a hangover in the economy right now. Now, American households and nonprofits held about $170 trillion at the end of last year. More than half of that was held in real estate and equities. Now the top 1% own more than half of us stocks and mutual funds. The bottom 90% only own 12. But in the real estate side, 90% own more than half of the total. So really when it comes to the wealth effect, it's not really the equity markets that have an impact on the economy. Much more are is the impact on the housing market as a whole. And more than 40% of refinancing in the final quarter of last year saw homeowners pull out cash from their homes. So the ability to pull out money from the equity in their home is a big driver of consumer spending. And now with values coming back in and with rates going up, That's part of the driver of consumer spending, I think is probably the biggest drag on the economy as a whole right now, because guess what, if you, I don't care how much equity you have, very few people are going to go, I will, I'm going to take my 3% mortgage and refinance it at 5% just to take money out. Unlikely to happen. And so that's why you're seeing financing fall off the cliff. Now we're heading to a break. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
3: You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hello,
2: Invest Talk. I love the show. My name is Enrique, calling from San Diego. And my question is regarding the stock, the ticker ET Energy Transfer. It has a dividend of 6.82. It looks pretty good. I just want to know your thoughts on it. Thank you very much. Look forward to hearing the answer on the show.
1: All right. This is Energy Transfer. And they own a large platform of crude oil, natural gas, and natural gas liquid assets, primarily in Texas. And it has gathering and processing facilities. And it has some uh, fracking facilities and fuel distribution. So, it's right in the heart of the commodity space right now. Now, the biggest issue with energy transfer is their debt. They have a pretty hefty debt load. Uh, now they're working that down. They have worked it down, which is good. Uh, and their cash flow is very strong. And their dividends strong. And they can certainly pay out that dividend currently based on earnings. So it's to make a dollar thirty-nine this year. That's down twenty-six percent though from last year's dollar eighty-nine. And a dollar forty seven expected next year. So earnings certainly kind of all over the board. Uh, Now, what you have to realize, though, this is a limited partnership. This is Energy Transfer LP. So you're going to get a K-1 if you own this and you're collecting a dividend. That's 7.2%. And it's taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. So are you okay with that? Maybe you are. I personally, there's similar companies in this space that... Are not limited partnerships they're corporations and they pay qualified dividends taxed at that 15 or 20 percent rate paying similar maybe a little less uh rates we actually own one for clients so we rather own those type of assets but energy transfer is fine if you're okay with the limited partnership aspect in the k1s thanks for the call 888-99-CHART, 88 4278 is how you get through and ask your question right now. Let's touch on the stark difference between dividend payers, as that caller just asked about, and companies that buy back shares or don't pay dividend at all. And right now, cash is kind of king. And money is flowing into dividend-paying stocks. And this is a big shift from what we've seen in the past, the Russell 1000 highest dividend yield yielding stocks in uh, from November 19th rose on average 4% over the following six months, the Russell 1000 companies that don't pay a dividend, they fell 29% over that time, a 33% difference. So this market is a complete 180 from what most people are used to seeing. And high inflation and rising interest rates eat away at the value of companies' future earnings and increase the tra- attractiveness of today. Because guess what? If you're getting payment of cash today, what can you do with that? Well, now you can go reinvest at higher rates, for example. And companies in the S&P have paid out a record billion in dividends in the first quarter. So it's not like there's a dearth of opportunities of dividend payers that are out there. There's a lot of them. The S&P 500 high dividend index is up 2.8% this year. The S&P 500 buyback index, companies that are buying back shares, down 12%. Now, that's better than the negative 18% the S&P is, but still... Decidedly negative. And it just goes to show you that this is a trend that continues to persist. And frankly, this is a normal market. It's a normal market. When the cost of money is something versus nothing, which has been for the vast majority of the last 12 years, 14 years, suddenly people pay attention to the fundamentals. Investors want companies to be sustainable, sustainable internally with internal cash that they can reinvest in their business or pay dividends out to investors. The era of growth over value is frankly, an anomaly if you look back over the last 150 years there were a few distinct periods this last 15 years and actually leading up to the 1929 crash when there was rampant market speculation. So this is something you're just going to have to get used to, even if you're not. Now, Steve and I have said many times that we appreciate our diverse invest talk audience. And in fact, we receive caller questions from across America and around the world. So let's take a question now, this time from the UK.
2: Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Josh calling from the United Kingdom. I just took a new job out here in England, and my company offers me a chance to purchase their stock at a 5% discount. The stock is KBR, Kilo, Bravo, Romeo. And I just kind of wanted to get your take on this stock and if this might be a good idea for me um, as I move forward. Thank you. Bye. All
1: right. This is... KBR Inc., headquartered in Houston, Texas, but obviously, as the caller said, he is operating around the world in the UK. And this is a company that provides engineering and construction services to the government and civil infrastructure, energy and petrochemical markets. This is right up the alley of where you want to be in this market. Companies that can, that has the expertise, the manpower to, build projects that deliver things today, like energy, like infrastructure. And this is a company that consistently has positive cash flow and has been growing over the last five, eight years. Now, I had a dip in 2016, 17 time period, but it's it's coming back and coming back consistently. And it pays a little bit of a dividend, which I like. It's not issuing a bunch of shares to stay in business, so it's sustainable internally through cash flows. And its trend is on the up. It continues to make a series of higher highs and higher lows. And earnings this year are expected to be two sixty one, up from $2.39 last year and $3.13 next year. 1% dividend, not super high, but... The willingness and the ability to grow it. And they started to increase it uh, in 2020. So yeah, if you can buy this at a bit of a discount, I would do it. Now, make sure there's a few rules, probably don't want it to be more than about 10, 15% max of your total net worth. So you don't get overexposed to it. I know a lot of people do that, they get they buy their company shares at a discount. And then they suddenly, over years, they have a ton of it. And now there are tax consequences they have to work through. Uh, and they have huge risk. Not only if, hey, if there's an Enron, for example, that your company goes under, not only does all of your equity of your stock go away, but now your job goes away as well. So you have a double whammy. You're tied to this business. And a lot of times, that's very good. But especially if you have a cyclical business or a business that is in technology that can be disrupted at any moment, think of BlackBerry and Apple, that carries significant risk. So make sure that when you're buying these type, uh, a company like this and buying in, in shares consistently, that it doesn't get too much of your overall assets. Now, summer is just weeks away. And with this volatility in the market, might be tempted to take your eye off the ball and sit back and enjoy a little getaway and that's that's certainly fine to some degree but you don't want to you don't want to not pay attention at all you want to be understanding your strategy and executing your strategy whether you're sipping cocktails on a beach or you're in front of your computer screen you want to make sure that you're money is working for you the right way in this market so if you need help understanding that i encourage you to reach out to myself or steve peasley at our company kpp financial where we provide unbiased guidance both on and off air and we practice parallel investing which means we invest right alongside our clients so you can send us a message through investtalk.com or call our kpp financial office at 800-557-5461 Short call, doesn't need to be long. Just find out how we can help you in any way. Now next up, we're going to grab another caller question now.
2: Hi, Justin or Steve. This is Rick from Maryland calling. I have a really simple question, but um, I'm sure there's other listeners that probably um, would like this knowledge as well. So I've never actually sold a covered call that, that has expired in the money. So I bought Zillow when it dumped after earnings at like $33 a share, bought a hundred shares and instantly sold a covered call at $40. It looks like, I know there's no telling what will happen between now and June when it expires, but you know, let's just say it does expire in the money. Do I need to do anything? My broker is TD Ameritrade or will it just settle on its own? Like, will I need to actually sell the shares to cover the expired call in the money. I'm just curious. Appreciate uh, your insight and I look forward to your response. Thanks.
1: Great call. And the simple answer is no, you don't have to do anything. If a if an option, if you hold an option, you're, sorry, you're, you're short an option or you're long an option, whatever it is, and it's in the money, that is going to be assigned to you upon expiration. So you don't have to do anything. TD Ameritrade will just execute it because the other side is going to probably execute it if that's in the money. Okay. And they can do it beforehand. Remember that. Typically it only happens kind of the week of option X, but they can do that. Now, one thing that people don't understand with cover calls is you don't need to have it called away from you even if it's in the money. You can roll it out to a future date, meaning you buy back the call that you sold and you sell a future strike you can just simply roll it out with the same strike. You can roll it up into a different strike. You can roll it down into a lower strike. Depends on what strategy you want to create, how much income you're you're trying to, to create, what your view is on the particular stock. So I think that's one big mistake that most newer investors that try to sell cover calls don't understand. They think they're tied to that call forever. Uh-uh. You can buy it back at any time. You could sell a cover call today, right now and two seconds later, buy it back. Okay, so understand that difference. Now, let's touch a bit on some interesting comments that came out of a couple of Federal Reserve presidents. One is the St. Louis President James Bullard and Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic, as well as... It was was, uh, Kansas City Fed official Esther George. And this was James Bullard on Fox Business Network. And he had some interesting takes. One, he said, I've said 50 basis points is a good plan for now. And he still thinks that the 3.5% Fed funds rate by the end of the year is realistic. But he also said, quote, The more we can front load and the more we can get inflation and inflation expectations under control, the better off we'll be, end quote. And then he says, in future years, they can lower the policy rate as they get inflation under control. Now, Bostic said that he is also in favor of 50 basis point increase, but he thinks they could pause in September just to see how the economy has reacted and this is where i think the the fed is going to go you have two more fed meetings coming up june about 3 weeks from now june 14th and 15th and july 26th and 27th and then you have all of august and then into late september late september september 20th and 21st is the fed meeting after that so i think what they're going to do is go 50 basis points the next two meetings as long as nothing breaks. And you also have the continuation of QT. Now, let me tell you this. I don't think the credit markets can handle that. I think by the time you get to September, they're going to pause. They're going to, and they're going to signal that. Remember they speak all the time. They're on TV. They can go out there and change forward guidance whenever. And so the credit markets right now. I mean, you're already seeing markets kind of seize up, not in a bad way, but in a more realistic way. Um, I've talked to investment banking um, people that I know, and they're talking about deals for a lot of tech companies. They're they cannot raise capital. The Pelotons of the world they're having to agree to very onerous financing packages. And the big question is, when does that feed into the broader credit markets beyond just equity raises? And I think that's when the Fed will ultimately pivot. But like I said, they can just simply temper their rate hiking path. And I don't think that'll happen over the next couple of meetings, we're going to the back half of the year i definitely think that is a strong possibility and you're starting to see some signals in the market and that's why you saw rates down pretty sizable today now this is the best talk i'm justin klein and we have one goal here and that's to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom but our work continues after this final break so if you want to call you need to do that right now at 888-99-CHART
3: this is invest talk is your portfolio balanced? is it optimized is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom well turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers and justin klein is here now ready to take your calls live 888-99-CHART
2: Hi, Steve and Justin. I wanted to get your opinion on Vanguard's Municipal Bond
1: Fund, VWAHX. It seems to be at a, like a 10-year low. Wondering if this would be a good buy point in a down market. Thank
2: you very much. Bye.
1: are looking at the Vanguard High Yield Tax Exempt Bond Fund. And this is... This has had a rough year. It's down about 11% year to date, but from its highs back in the fall, it's down nearly 20%. And for a bond fund, that's, that's kind of a lot. And The answer why it's down so much is because it is invested in very long duration assets, about 39%, actually over 50%. Of its bonds are maturing between twenty and thirty plus years, so over twenty years, called over twenty years, and then another thirty. Let's see, let's say forty percent, forty-five percent, over seven years, between seven and twenty years. So this is average maturity is very long, and its average duration is is pretty long, and that's why you're getting this huge drop. Anything with long duration is going to get smoked in a rising interest environment. And frankly, tech stocks are long duration assets. Remember, their cash flows are way out into the future. And so the question is, do you want to own long duration assets? Now, near term, are we going to get a bounce in them? You know, TLT was up 2.3%. That's a very long duration asset, right? 20 to 30 year uh, treasuries. But as the trend shifted, are we now in a higher higher inflationary environment, which means the Fed is going to be on a more hawkish path in general than a more dovish one? I think so. So while this is at a multi-year low, I think it's at a multi-year low for a reason, a good reason. Because long duration assets are no longer going to be in style now if you're in the belief that inf- this is a very very short-term phenomenon and that we are going to go back to the days of globalization and one to two percent kind of disinflationary environment then yeah this would be a great buy if you're in my camp which is inflation is going to remain relatively elevated due to demographic demographic issues due to deglobalization, due to esg then no, you don't want to be in this. So you have to make up your mind there. Now, let's talk a little bit about what JP Morgan is saying. And they had an investor day yesterday. And they talked a little bit about the strength of the consumer. And remember, JP Morgan, they see everything that goes on. They're the largest domestic bank. And customers haven't yet drained, according to them, haven't yet drained cash balances that grew pretty fat during the pandemic. So they say the near-term credit outlook for the consumer remains strong. This pushed the banking index up about 4% yesterday. Now, Chief Executive Jamie Dimon says recession isn't out of of the cards. But he says he sees no looming trouble in loan delinquencies. So they aren't reserving more for loan losses more than they did in the first quarter. So the trends they expected in the first quarter for loan losses kind of continued at at that pace. Now, more consumers are falling behind on payments, but like I said yesterday, this is more of a reversion to the mean than to levels that are worrying. So JP Morgan thinks their consumer business is in good shape, although for Wall Street operations, that's a bit of a different story. They see fees from investment banking trending down 45% year over year in the second quarter. Because like I said, there's less deal making, there's less stock offerings, less bond offerings. Liquidity is tighter. And so that's really where the the worry is. And so that's why I've said for a while now, if you're going to own any part of the banking sector, you want to be owning more commercial banks than investment banks. And their numbers basically support that. Well, I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. And our official Invest download count has now exceeded 41.5 million, thanks to you. And you can find your Invest Talk podcast anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review on iTunes. And if you leave a question with your review, we will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP
0: Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security.